0: This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve.
1: Go ahead and play it back. You ain't gonna touch me. You're not gonna do nothing. You are not
2: above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know that I know.
0: What's up, everybody? Mm. Welcome to a spicy edition of the OnlyFriends Podcast. We got <laughs> Nipplegate right out of the gate. What do you got? What do
1: you,
0: <laughs> <laughs> what you guys want to talk about? You wanna? To- We'll get a little pinch in. Uh, it, it's, it, it doesn't stop, man. The World Series is in full-blown mode. We have our first scandal of the series, our first firing, our first uh, our first payout war with the powers that be. We're not even a week in. Not are, even a week are in. Are we
3: a week? Is it one week?
0: Or is it less one than a week? week? Today or tomorrow. I Depends if you count the employees event.
3: I guess we're going to count the employees event because it starts. So I guess we'll count it. Yes.
4: So it's been one week.
0: One week. Here one we are. Week. Right. are. All
4: above didn't like us talking about the intricacies of nipples.
0: <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. To be clear. We're all about wanted to hear melissa talk about the intricacies of
4: nipples. <laughs> the time. we should just call melissa right now hey uh you want to jump on the pod so we can get your take on this the, the irony was, was that he
0: was about. saying we talked about nipples for too long and if she had been here we would have talked about it for three times as long oh you know? yeah we for got, sure
4: we would have got way deeper way deeper into that for sure mm-hmm. all, all right, right so what's up
3: real quick um as i've told you guys before and as you the viewer will now know today is my mom's birthday Happy birthday, mom. Thank hey. you for being great. I Happy love you. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, mom. Wow. Yay. wow.
4: What
0: she a time did to be it.
4: alive. Remember when she told you that you were, had another? You I were know. like the fourth I, or she something?
0: She, he had a quadruplet that he absorbed in the womb. Yeah.
4: yeah. My he never entire knew that. life. My we, entire life, I thought I was a triplet.
0: <laughs> I'm not. We showed up for so long saying like he was the big one because he obviously ate the fourth. And he's like, shut the fuck up. And then one day we said it on Twitter and she was just like, nah, that happened. Yeah, life comes at you fast. How, how, uh, how terrifying of a time is it being alive when your mom is on Twitter?
3: I've given some guidelines, so we'll be all right. Hopefully.
0: Did she give you some guidelines?
3: No, I know how social media works. She she's a little bit behind.
0: There there was a solid like five years when I first got onto Twitter, uh, when my account was much smaller and a lot of the people following me were like people from my hometown and stuff like that. Yeah. Where I was incredibly mindful about swearing and like choosing my words right. very appropriate. Like very adult like. Yeah. I wanted the I wanted to portray this.
4: he was Catholic uh, as
0: fuck you (laughs) you just wanted to be a gentleman all the parents liked me when I was a kid and I wanted to like further that and then I just realized like I'm 40 man
2: you have an outstanding
3: image you're like I need to represent my people need to know that I'm good like I have a clean record I don't curse and now it's like I don't give a fuck anymore bro like it's it's something in
0: between there like I I feel like I'm very genuine and authentic yeah when do you think
2: we lose that like with that like I don't want to like piss off the parents. Like, is it like 30, 40 No, it wasn't 40 that. Sure. I like, I'd still, yeah.
0: if I saw any of them today, I would still be well, very. You're
2: going to be respectful, right? right but that but, was always like, what it was.
0: That was yeah. always just what it was. Like, right. I didn't swear in front of parents because I saw them as authoritative figures that I showed deference to. Yeah, I still mm-hmm. would
4: do. I still wouldn't in front of
0: anyone no that
2: I, that that's that's how i'm saying but if they choose like, to
4: watch this podcast yeah. that's on their own accord
2: now. right exactly like, you're
0: gonna
4: get me unfiltered exactly you're gonna see yeah.
0: what it's like when i hang out with your son right i've always been unfiltered <laughs> like I still, don't, I still don't swear around your parents and i'm way more comfortable with them now than i ever was yeah as a i kid. swear around my parents yeah <laughs>
3: that's because you're an adult now yeah exactly you know you're an adult you get to do adult yeah. things like curse when right you're a kid, well, my dad also adult curse, things.
0: so it's just like Oh, yeah, Chico doesn't give a shit. <laughs> He's over. Um, shipped another bracelet to uh, to a well-known player yesterday, Mr. Chad Evzlidge? Evzlidge, yeah. Evsledge. all right, I got that right. Chad E. Uh, second or third bracelet?
3: I think it's his fur. I think it's his first I think two. it's his first one. It's his maiden bracelet. Yeah,
0: mm. I think it's his first one. I bracelet.
3: saw, I remember mm. earlier this morning seeing that maiden bracelet given to Chad Evzlidge. So... Congrats, Chad. Okay,
0: doing Maybe great. this was his first. Congratulations! He beat uh, an unknown player heads up. Really crazy thing. They yeah. they didn't report on who the person was at all. It was just nameless in all of the uh, the hand history. Wild, wild. At this day and age, somebody completely anonymous could make it to second place in a twenty five k high roller. But congratulations. hey, congratulations, Chad. Well Thanks, deserved, Chad. sir. Way to win one for the good team. He's been beasting it. Like, over
4: the last few years, he's
3: been crushing is on a tear. He yeah. won a WPT. He wins this. He wins a bunch online. He's everywhere. He's I said goal. he's very
0: chance like. Okay. Just kind of like everything from a 3,500 WPT buy in all the way up to a 25K high roller. Mm, like. yeah.
4: Chances of 50K today. Does he have chips? Third. Summer Dan. Yeah, of course. Summer, Summer Dan. Course.
0: Summer, Summer, Dan's Dan. Dan Smith, chip leader. Fucking
4: Dan. It's a chance. No, we know. But it's the Summer of Dan. We're talking about the Summer of Dan. Oh, it is the Summer of Dan's. Summer of Dan.
0: Big Dan. Uh, We're going to have to change the name. It's going to have to be the only Dan podcast. Summer of Dan (laughs) 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 O'Brien. Like at the end of the summer, we're just going to have to have a day where it's the only Dan podcast and the Council of Dan's comes and just sits on on uh like kicks us all out right and they yeah, just have exactly. a discussion amongst mm-hmm. the council oh it's just Anything. only
3: the dance yeah only
0: the dance wow the only okay. dan podcast. so we need
3: to have six dance
0: yeah dan zach oh, dan smith
3: danielle white and then dan o'brien and then yeah. we need two more dance don't you worry i'm d gonna moon? go change my name d, to dan. d moon and then d, d- next
0: <laughs> easy yeah. perfect Done.
2: welcome to the council that wasn't even You're hard.
0: hired. <laughs> that wasn't even, even hard
2: yeah you know, landon's infomercials <laughs> 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 getting me fucking, I'm a kid. i can't i can't take it
0: Uh, Before we get into the shits, uh, I just have one quick thing to announce for BetMGM. Um, So far, they've given away 60 seats uh, to online qualifiers for the 3,500 ARIA event uh, that they partnered with. Uh, I believe it's on June 23rd. There is a free roll on June 22nd that uh, online qualifiers can still get into. Uh, I believe they're giving away another 15 seats uh, on Sunday so if you haven't already or sorry uh five more seats over the next three sundays if you haven't already qualified and you're in pennsylvania michigan or new jersey by all means play those satellite qualifiers and give yourself a shot at getting into this 3,500 1 million guarantee
4: bro everyone's rich are I, they yes i busted out of, <laughs> i busted out of the <clears throat> down bad invitational right okay. and there was a massive line and i tweet I'll pay anyone $20 an hour to, to freaking wait in line. All they have to do is I'll give them my ticket, and then when we get to when you get to the front of the line, you text me, and then I go pick it up. No one responds. I raise it up to $35 an hour. No one, no biters. $50. And I'm like, I almost drove down to the Rio when I saw the fifty. I was 50. like, $50? And no one takes it. I'm like, I'm going home. This shit (laughs) is insane. Like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to come back and late regret because fuck this.
2: what is is worth, you could have just texted me. I would have left my chips.
4: The lines were not bad at all. Bro, the lines were not bad. When did you tweet this? You're bugging, bro. You're bugging. The line was past WSOP Cafe. Yesterday yesterday was day two. No, I'm talking about the down bad invitational.
2: Housewarming. Dude, there were 500
4: people in line waiting the assist. I ran
2: so fucking good for lines with that. I literally waited. 90 minutes across all my bullets. Yeah, I mean, you got lucky. You definitely you busted it. 90
3: times. minutes? Yes. Nah, that bro. is a long time.
0: No, for
2: no, a long time. total. No, total. One, the one time was the first time when the chips got all fucked up. So it took like an hour or X. Hmm. But.
3: Yeah. I think I played three times. I waited for probably somewhere around 25 minutes or something. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. We I waited good.
2: five minutes for all my bullets. Any, anyways. <laughs> yeah, I, I played three times and I didn't wait at all.
0: You waited um, a little bit that one time. I, the the but, first time I waited maybe yeah. like ten minutes tops.
3: Yeah, it would be really bad to wait in two lines. Just put money in the TBIC and then get your ticket and then go. TBIC, no, oh, I had money. Don't in the TBIC. wait in the line beforehand. It, it yeah. was it, it was, was the, the late red seat. line.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was a point where uh, we played six handed or seven handed for like ninety minutes. Yeah, we had three seats open, but the lines were so long and there were so oh. many seats to fill. That they couldn't get them out, like the verification of checking ID, getting them the C card, all that stuff, took so much time that like uh, they couldn't catch up. Now where they did catch up, which was kind of a good thing, was that long break. So when they did the long color up break, the line just like immediately um, consulted or consolidated a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's. Why are you laughing?
4: Corey just like. I
0: don't don't like this inside joke shit. Share with share with the team, or don't share at all.
3: Yeah, you can't. No sharing by laughter.
0: Um, all right, we got two major topics to discuss today. Uh, very different topics. Very, <laughs> very, very different topics. Uh, first of which is being uh, massage gate, nipple gate, whatever you want to call it. This this big scandal around. I didn't really <clears throat> want to fucking talk about this, man. I really didn't. No, of course not. I, I was hoping like the ten minutes we gave it yesterday was gonna be more than enough. But now, here we are, a day later, there's more fallout. Uh, we found out that Cynthia, I, I might be mispronouncing that, Cynthia, I, I think there's no H.
2: Cynthia. Cynthia. Uh,
0: Cynthia was let go by the massage company, um, which, well, prior to her being fired, Frank uh, issued an apology via Twitter, which I thought was really good, or mm-hmm. maybe not. Maybe good's the wrong way. I don't, I don't want to applaud him. It was fair. Yeah, it was fair. I, I, don't, I don't want to like overly applaud the guy who caused this whole mess, but right. like he did the right thing in apologizing, at least, even if he did the wrong thing. In it seemed in, heartfelt. Yeah, it seemed heartfelt, and it seemed well put mm-hmm, together. Right. Um, he was willing to take ownership over the whole thing. He basically said, like, you know, there shouldn't be fallout for Cynthia. It, th- this was my doing. If anybody should be punished, punish me. Uh, now, there's a problem with that, though. And I think that this is where the bigger discussion lies. If we look at this from the business's perspective, like the people who can dole out punishments, right? It's the WSOP and it's the massage company. So the WSOP is organizing an event that consists of playing in poker tournaments. They're licensing or uh, allowing freelance work from other companies on property, right? Be it massage companies, be it, um, well, I guess everything else is is kind of in-house that they're licensing from Bally's in Paris. So all the food, the waiters, the staff, all that stuff, uh, I would imagine is overseen by Bally's in Paris. Maybe, maybe uh, the wait staff is a part of WSOP's um, purview, but I would imagine that's as far as it goes. Like My whole point is that WSOP doesn't really have much, if any, say at all over how the massage company does their business. Um, some, I imagine, they can employ guidelines.
4: Right. No, we understand what you're saying.
0: Though. Yeah. Very similar to the booths. right? Like, T-Mobile has a booth. Uh, WSOP can say, like, hey, don't do X, Y, and Z, but otherwise carry about your business. They can't say, like, you know, you're not allowed to say the word cell phone. Uh, <laughs> or maybe they could say that. I don't know. But my whole point is, like, uh, it's not up to them to decide like who works the booth. It's not up to them to police that type of stuff. Just like it's not up to them to police uh, the, the massage company and how they deal with their guidelines. Okay. It is in their purview to deal with their consumers. And in this instance Frank is a customer. So the problem that we're seeing here as it plays out in front of us is that Frank didn't technically break any rules outside of like maybe some code of conduct stuff, or some, uh, I guess, respectfulness. Like, like he was disrespectful to the people around him. But I heard that the video was actually taken on break, so now it's like there were even less people or fewer people. It, basically, if it, if it weren't ever posted to Twitter, no one would have ever known. Kind of right. thing. Um, so this becomes a weird situation now, where there are two separate entities. With two separate motivations dealing with one unified problem the problem was obviously initiated by frank this had to be his idea i would assume i doubt it was the massage therapist um (laughs) and i assume that it was uh leveraged by offering a large tip right so the question that we land on then is what punishment if any, should Frank suffer? And what punishment, if any, should the massage therapist suffer, right? And I kind of posed these yesterday and we all kind of came to the conclusion of like, well, you know, it was was done in good humor even if it was done in poor taste. And for that, there shouldn't be like major ramifications. Well, fast forward a day and we know that the massage therapist was let go, right? So I guess the question that I'll start with is... What should WSOP's response be to this, if anything, with regard to uh, making a statement on the massage therapist being let go and with regard to Frank? Jin?
4: Uh, I I was not in favor of firing her. You, like, pre-production, you guys made a pretty good argument that kind of started to sway me a little bit. But... It does feel like a very harsh punishment. Let's, let's, let's stick to the specifics of what, what action, if any,
0: should WSOP be taking? Against Frank? Because
4: that's the okay. only person they can control, right?
0: Well, I mean, we can assume that they might have some influence over the massage company, but basically, that, should they make a statement about the, the woman being fired? Should they punish Frank in any way, shape, or form? Uh, should they even address this at all publicly? I don't think they
4: should address it because it's just going to bring more eyes on it that, yeah, uh, so in a exactly. PR sense I think they shouldn't really like make any public statement about it okay uh in regards to Frank I mean I don't know it's it's it feels like if someone's making a joke like that yeah it's a little bit out of line poor taste it was in good faith I don't think we should be a drastic punishment for for him if at all uh Yeah, I don't see, like, a punishment of, like, you can't play the main event being, like, reasonable. Uh, So that's my take on the WSOP. I don't really see anything that's reasonable for them to punish Frank on. And then in regards to the woman, my initial, uh, Cynthia, my initial take was that she should be on probation. I don't really, I know you guys did sway me in, like, why there's a really good case for her to be fired, but... I just feel like it's, I don't know if the punishment fits the crime, like to just like immediately release her, but I do see the, the, the side that you guys took of like it's a really, it's a really bad look for, for them. So my final take is, at least for now, I'm open to being swayed, is nothing for Frank and probation uh, for the massage therapist, for now.
1: Yeah, I guess I'll take over here um, from the WSP side. It's very challenging. This was, this is, I'm not going to say a marketing hit, but it, it's a weird thing that happened and it's all to do with WSOPs. I don't, I don't, don't want to say brand necessarily, but what they can't do is say, this is okay for the public to do. And that's what can be implied from that photo. I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying that's what Frank was trying to accomplish, but I think in the world of public opinion these days, people yeah. just look at photos and they, they take it for face value. And right. I'm not saying that's right, but this is the world we live in, right? It's it's flipped. You're innocent until proven guilty, and then you're guilty till proven innocent in the court of public
4: opinion. opinion yeah. Right. yeah, that's fair. Okay, so
0: uh, let, right. let me I try to like, finished, though. Oh, sorry. I, no. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go
1: ahead. Um... So whatever WSP has to do here, it has to be in a public form. And I think the apology is the first step. I disagree with you slightly. I think WSP can come out and say something like, we do not condone this type of action.
4: That's fair. Um, right, yeah. Yada,
1: yada, yada. Yeah, for sure. In terms of punishing him like for events, maybe just like a, a two or three day suspension. I, I don't know what days, but like it shouldn't be like a whole month. It shouldn't be the entire series, right? For sure.
2: Maybe just like a week off. It it would be kind of wild that if they um, prevent him from playing some events, but then you know we have Ali and all these other players. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. don't have any punishment. Yeah, that's a bad yeah. But, but also one the- one person did something in their uh, establishment, the others did not. Mm-hmm. So
0: sure, I- but technically there isn't <laughs> like a hard fast rule that he broke the – that, that no, warrants is that warrants suspension.
2: I'm not saying anything. suspension.
0: I'm not trying to defend Frank, right? Like, I think we can all agree <laughs> that from a, a, a social standpoint, he's the most guilty party here. Yeah. And he even admits that himself, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like uh, I was talking to Katie Stone about this off air, and I think like she had a really good idea as far as like what could happen. He's just lifetime banned from the massage company. Uh, I think that's something that they could proactively do.
4: Yeah, that's. I think say, that's, like you know, you,
0: you, we we don't want your business anymore. Uh, th- that's This fair. is the problem, and I think that that's a really good, uh, equitable solution. I agree. Uh, even though it feels way less than uh, the the woman being let go, right? It's so amplified that she lost her job over this, as being so unfair compared to the person who initiated the whole thing. But before I further, before I move this conversation along, uh, into Um, more of, or or less of the business lens and more of the societal lens. Uh, I do want to, I do kind of want to not necessarily defend the decision of the massage company, but I want to uh, create a framework by which I think that they're operating as a business. And, you know, I kind of spoke on this a little bit yesterday, but in this industry, uh, especially personally knowing a lot of massage therapists throughout the years that uh, I'm friendly with, or uh, you're know, good friends with, there's a massive stigma and they are harassed constantly, treated poorly, treated and sexualized in a, in a manner where there's an unspoken expectation that they will blur the lines for enough money or they'll blur the lines for a customer that they like, right? I see it happening all the time where massage therapists, uh, I'm sure different companies allow different things, but like at the table, massage therapists will be very blunt and say, our company does not allow us to massage your legs and the customer will just like absolutely give them a tongue lashing and embarrass them to some degree. Right. Basically saying like, uh, you know, I'm the customer. I'm willing to pay whatever, yada, yada, yada. And just kind of like going off on something that is out of the control of the massage therapist, because she's abiding by the guidelines and rules that are set by the company. Right. Mm -hmm. In this particular instance, Cynthia absolutely, coherently, and willingly went against the guidelines and rules of her company. She had to know that there would be ramifications. And she had to make a calculation that this tip was going to be worth more than her potential future employment, right? The reason I'm, the reason I'm framing it this way is because it's very easy to muddle business practices with, uh, w- with the greater societal implications. And the greater societal implications are that she is a woman who is in a weird power dynamic with a man who is wielding money as leverage and putting her into a, a kind of compromised position, right? And that is true. That stuff happens all the time. I just gave a bunch of examples where the woman says no and takes a lot of flack for it or whatever the case may be. So like, I'm not trying to disregard that that exists but what I am trying to say is that there's a framework in place by her employer that allows her to empower herself to say no and to walk away from compromising situations more importantly. And I don't know this for a fact because I don't know the inner workings of the company, but I would imagine that there are some sort of protocols in place where if she feels harassed by a customer, she can seek some sort of, uh, uh protection or, or security, whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, So in all of that, I want to be sure that we don't go overboard and portray her as a victim in this particular instance when she was acting on her own accord and clearly making a conscious decision to break rules. Now, is it that egregious that she deserves to lose her job? That's not for me to decide, right? Uh, Personally, I don't think... I don't think so. Like it was, it was lighthearted. It wasn't that big of a deal. Like, but if we come up with other scenarios where it's roles reversed, I think we would be very quick to dismiss. Like, if this were a man massaging a woman's inner thigh and uh, you know, kind of like looking back at the camera or something along those lines, we would be calling for his head, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, right? Uh, again, because there's a lot of stigmas and 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 weird gender roles and power dynamics and things of that nature that are just un- or are not okay. But the, the crux of this is that something that is a service that's being provided to people is being sexualized in a public forum. And that is not okay by the industry standard or by, uh, you know, effectively societal standards. And that's where, you know, fair really spoke out on this. Uh, and I want to stick a pin in the fair thing before, because that's a whole separate conversation. Um, but you know, basically stating my piece on on why I think that the massage company acted in reasonable uh, a- acted pretty reasonably in this instance. Um, uh, I, yeah,
1: I'll, I'll double up too. Uh, I, I completely agree with you, and I think it's exacerbated because of the amplification uh, that it was in a public forum. Yeah, I was saying to you guys before um, in pre-production if this was done. And nobody was around, but the company found out that she was like pinching his nipples for like, let's just say a photo or something. I don't think the company actually fires her generally. It's the amplification yeah. that mm-hmm. is the problem. <clears throat> yeah, It's the fact that there is a potential statement that is being made and being perceived through the public lens where now all of a sudden it's a hit to the entire industry. And they they feel like they have to do something like this. And I don't think, you know, there are some tweets that's like, oh, her career is over, her ability to make money is over. I don't even think that's the case either. I think there's still uh, rectification of her staying in the industry. It's just this needs to be done in uh, like repercussions have to be done in a public setting as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the idea of extreme ownership. And uh, what was bothersome to me was uh, her kind of, and I understand it, right? Like, she's a single mom who's just trying to make her own way. And this job meant a lot to her. So I understand grasping at straws and doing all you can to rally the troops, get some support, and potentially uh, find employment or get reemployed employed by uh, this company, whatever the case may be but I did take a little bit of issue with, with her tweet in basically portraying herself as the victim and blame shaming Farah for speaking out. Uh, so she effectively said something to the, to the tune of, uh, you know, I'm a single mom- mother of, uh, of two children. Um, and it cost me, cost me my livelihood just to fulfill a request for a joke of a well-known poker com- comedian. Uh, the cancel culture creates world victims. Uh, this is, and that, that like leads into this, where she says, the massage and response from the privileged woman uh, will truly harm somebody who works 12 hours a day. So that was likely to have been directed at Farah, who was very poignant in tweeting that this is kind of disgusting behavior in a public forum, uh, especially in our you know, marquee event of the year in the WSOP, and that she felt there should be very harsh punishments for both frank and the massage therapist
4: i, I see my small thing mm-hmm. there is that that's not what she said what she said she didn't say there should be harsh punishment she said she should be fired and like like you mentioned before right. she
0: said he should be banned or something right like, that. like
4: you mentioned before it's not up to you to decide if she should be fired or not right and i think that's the the little crust the, the little crux of the problem is that it, it. I think it, it would be perceived a lot better if if Farah said, "I think there, you know she there should be some punishments laid out for this instead of her saying like she should be fired."
0: Sure. And,
1: and I think sure, that's the absolutely. only problem but, that, but, that
4: people are. I look. I, I not,
1: I
0: it's her opinion. No. No. Farah doesn't run the company.
4: Right? I understand, like,
0: but like, just to, to her, claim that she opinions, has that much weight
4: is. Perky. No, some opinions are definitely weighted a lot higher than other people's opinions. Yeah. Farah is a very well known woman poker player, you know, married to another well known, high established poker. Player. This opinion from Farah is not like another person's opinion. Like,
0: okay, I think that's fair. Uh, and. Yeah, we could we could maybe hold Farrah's feet to the fire to, to I, choose her words a little bit more yeah, wisely. Yeah, I'm not saying
4: I even disagree or whatever. I'm, all I'm saying is, like, the problem... I'm speaking for the, the people that disagree with Farrah, is the wording, I think, is a little harsh. The reason why I'm saying it doesn't matter is Frank's not banned. So it's not fair to say that, like,
0: her word carried so much weight that this small massage company was like, wow, Farrah Galifant's pissed. We have to fire this woman. And then the WSOP was like, Farrah's pissed. Who gives a shit? Uh, Frank didn't do anything that big of a deal. Right? So, first of all... God, this is so hard to keep the conversation on track because there's yeah. so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about the fair thing first, and then we'll double back to the asymmetric punishment here. Like, it's it, it's very asymmetric uh, in the sense that the massage therapist is paying a way bigger penance than Frank ever could. Literally, nothing can be done to Frank that can be as harmful to him as it was to, to the fair, massage therapist. Right. So we have to acknowledge that at some point. Um, sticking a pin in that for a moment, I want to talk about the fair thing because okay, fine, maybe she was a little uh, hot-tempered in her initial tweet, and maybe she could have chosen her words a little bit more wisely. And maybe even, to some degree, she did have an impact on getting this woman fired. Maybe she was going to be suspended, and they saw the tweet, and they said, you know what? Uh, I think that that's enough to tip the scales. We we need to let her go. Okay. Maybe all of those things do... uh, Maybe all those things are true in essence, right? But, with that said... Uh she is a she is a voice, a, a female voice in the community that should be taken seriously. For sure. And on top of that, uh objectively speaking, the massage therapist did cross a line. Right? Now, whether it was as a joke or whatever, like you know, we can add as many caveats to it as we, we want. But at the end of the day, the black and white world, as far as like what is acceptable and not acceptable she chose to do something that was unacceptable this is why I take issue with her kind of blame shaming Farah and saying like oh you're a privileged white woman in a in a position of of having an audience and having wealth and I'm just a single mother trying to get by who had a lapse in judgment right Yeah. those things can be true and still not necessarily be a good defense
4: Uh right it's not a good defense, but her take is mostly like what you say has massive impact on me. Mm-hmm. So be careful with what you say. And when that's, you ask, when I think that's ask, fair. When you ask for my head, like at least like there, Farrah didn't like look at her track record. Maybe this woman, like this is her first mistake in sure. 12 years. Like, sure. So it's like this, that, that's the conversation that I think she was trying to, have basically a like bad way.
0: show mean, a little bit more grace yeah show a little bit more um discernment for the actual character of the person who's being
4: right indicted and, here yeah and it's like this woman works in the service industry yep. and, and it's tough like you know yeah of course she made a mistake but like asking for her head immediately i don't know
1: like, did you actually call it disgusting because Yeah, i even think that is a little like reaching
0: uh it's hard for us to take that stance man. Like it's easy for us to to see uh that image as just like locker room humor, right? Yeah. But it's uh... like I can't put myself in a female's shoes and know how that comes off. Yeah, you're and right. And right. I just know that it, it's jolting to me in some regard even though I can see uh the intention of trying to draw a laugh, right? Because it's it's boy humor, man. It's, it's what 10-year-olds do.
1: Yeah, I think back at, like, you know, Helmuth coming in with, like, all those people carrying him and stuff and, yeah. like, women being objectified in that where they're just, like, fanning him and shit. And it's... Yeah. Where do we draw drive, drive the line? I know that's not sexual, but it's still, like, massively objectifying. And
0: It is. It, it's it is, not But, uh, again, like, they're willfully being paid and it's well yeah. within the, the construct of, okay, according to the rules.
1: I have a very extreme case... That I think uh, makes it very explicit why the punishments were so explicit uh, were so asymmetric. So let's say I was in this situation, mm-hmm. but I am the president of the American Asian Association, and I go to the table and I just every single Asian I see, I just start using racial slurs on them. There's going to be asymmetric punishment, right? right.
0: Like right, it wouldn't be the same as just some random nobody doing it.
1: Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, like, I deserve to get fired for my job because it means so much to my job that I'm not amplifying racial slurs in a. (laughs) That that is the big
0: thing I want to keep highlighting over and over again: is that uh, this this particular industry that she works in is is a hot button issue for misogyny, for uh, for the the stigmas that these women are one step removed from prostitution and, and things of that nature, and they're willing to do just about anything for the right price. Uh, so, you know, the, the industry as a whole is fighting this uphill battle, and in this particular instance, uh, she didn't help that battle at all. So I'm not shocked to see a proactive response. Uh, now, to go further, Fair put out a statement that said... Uh, well, actually, before, I, before we get to Fair's statement, I want to address the fact that, like, Frank took it upon himself then to, uh, I assume Farrah had him blocked. So he tweeted at Phil. Maybe I shouldn't assume that Fair had him blocked, but it seems reasonable that she did. Anyway, Frank tweets at Phil and basically, uh, I don't know. The undertones of the tweet were just in poor form, man. It was like, he was implying that Farrah was the boss and unreachable. So he had to go through Phil in order to get to her. And he was basically saying like, um, you know she's evil and she wants uh vindication and got this poor woman fired uh you know it's it's unfair she wasn't actually affected by any of this basically it's a lot of deflection yeah i didn't like that yeah it's, like that. it's it's very 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 poor form
4: that, that one i didn't like for
0: sure uh yeah. it was a lot of deflecting blame it was a lot of uh throwing fair under the bus um and then eventually like he basically asked fair or asked phil to ask Farah. <laughs> Which is weird because it makes Phil like this weird gatekeeper. Uh, but anyway, he asked Phil to ask Farah if uh, she would take positive action and ask the company to hire this woman back. Okay. Um, very unreasonable, I think, uh, or at least could have been done in a much more diplomatic way. Uh, and, you know, I understand Frank should feel some onus to make this right, right? But I don't think he's going about it through the right channels. No. If you want to make this right, hire her as your personal masseuse. Make up for the lost revenue, right? Have her, you know, uh, have her meet you once a week and give you private massages. Get her other clients. Help her build her business. Do things that will actually proactively put money back into her pocket that you unwillingly or uh, uh, unknowingly took away. You did start
4: a GoFundMe for what that's worth.
0: Stop putting the onus on everybody else. That's bullshit,
4: right? I'm not donating to a
0: GoFundMe because you fucked up. Right? That's insane. Right. There are GoFundMe's for real people out there dying from illness yeah. that desperately need to be saved. And it's not that I want to see this woman go without because I don't, but it's Frank who needs to make this right. Mm-hmm. Right? And the only way to do that is for him to start to take proactive actions that, that can do this, not attack those that are passing judgment in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So now we get to Farrah. Farrah put out a reply today and basically said, like, look, Uh, I wasn't trying to be malicious in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I was just calling it as I saw it. It was a disgusting act that isn't okay in a public sphere. And she basically said, like, look, I play private games. I see everything. This is tame compared to what happens there. The difference is that it's within an arena where people know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. And they've agreed to do all this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, none of the table mates, none of the onlookers, none of none of the people on Twitter or even WSOP agreed to this. Uh, she said like she's working to get in touch with the company and basically say like, you know, uh, her original statement was too harsh. Reconsider. That's, whatever. that's
4: incredible. Like everything she's way saying. Way more
0: than she needs to. Everything mm-hmm. she's
4: saying is 100% on point.
0: Way over the top, way more than she needs to. The thing that I really want to address in correlation to Frank's tweets is what it did specifically to Farrah by putting that tweet out and uh, effectively attacking her indirectly through Phil. This just unleashes a ton of hate and vitriol, vitriol on Farrah from anybody who sees Frank's side, right? It turns her into the evil villain that caused this whole fallout. And now, all of a sudden, she's going to get attacked publicly. She's going to get attacked privately. And she's going to get attacked uh, indirectly from anybody who doesn't see some sort of reasonable uh, element that allowed her to have her own opinion.
4: I feel that, for sure. I also think we sign up for that when we enter that arena. Like, once you put out your opinion, your opinion will... Be criticized by people that don't yeah your opinion
0: people. can be dragged all day yeah she, but she's being dragged as a person remember how he framed that tweet she has evil in her yeah, she yeah. did this mm-hmm. maliciously right yeah, that's fair so she's being dragged by yeah. hundreds thousands of people maybe that are basically coming to bat for the massage therapist and coming to bat for frank
4: where they feel he did something that was pretty innocuous to play devil's advocate frank feels the same way about pharaoh he's like Frank could be sitting there like I'm not disgusting. This was just a joke. Like, like you're taking it too far, calling for people's heads, getting me banned. Like it was a joke. Like relax, it was on break. Like, so he feels the same. For, yeah. In his it, towards Farah, and so it's it's you know what I'm saying. I I think that that
0: you know I think we can have a conversation about like when does cancel culture cancel culture go too far, but I think the simple answer without getting into all the nuance is uh it, it it's It's going to happen when done in a public sphere, right? Right. So actions have consequences and publicly doing or or publicly having all of this play out over Twitter is what's leading to, uh, you know, all of the fallout. And to somehow try to shirk that responsibility (laughs) onto Farah is not just a mistake, but it it takes away from any sort of... um, feeling wronged that the Frank might have right mm-hmm. he may feel overly critiqued and overly attacked for this thing he may feel like it wasn't that big of a deal and that's fine for him to feel that way because it's his opinion yeah but when the masses are amplifying it and saying that your opinion is invalid you kind of have to just take that for what it is you can't then just say like no you're invalid and here's a new target that you should turn your attention to
4: there are a lot of people on Frank's side too
0: yeah. Because yeah. I think that they can imagine themselves in his shoes very easily.
4: Double fisting beers with the <laughs>
0: Well, I'm just saying it's not a lot of like it's not a lot of like minorities or uh, women yeah, I get it. that are taking his side. Right? It's a lot of guys that can relate to Frank in a general sense mm-hmm. that could say, like, yeah, I like to have a good time. I like to kick back a few. What's wrong with the manipulal massage here and there? And the answer is nothing. In, in a vacuum, but everything when you make it a spectacle. Yeah, that's why right.
2: a friend of mine uh, texted, texted me he was talking about like the, it's almost like an intersection of wokeness, right? Where it's like there's one, or like, you know, in cancel culture, so there's one side where they're <clears throat> saying this is wrong and, and you shouldn't have you know, her massaging his nipples, and doing all that. And then there's the other side of wokeness, like, you can't fire this. You know, this poor right. single mother. So it's like, this what's is, kind of is where more I'm at. Right. Yeah, right, where exactly. I'm at.
4: It's just like, I don't want her fired. Yeah. That yeah. was wrong. Right. But I also don't want her fired. It's a weird spot.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think in, uh, in the perfect world, what ultimately happens is uh, she, she pays her debt by being fired, but then gains gainful employment through some other opportunity that Frank brings her. Right. Either through his celebrity or through his own pocket. In a perfect world. In a perfect world, right. yeah. Uh, you know, in this world, she's probably live. She's we don't, probably, yeah, probably going to struggle for a bit, right? Exactly. And that's right. why
1: this GoFundMe it's, thing is, in my opinion, very stupid. Yeah. Like, uh, not only what you were saying before, where it's not the masses that should be paying for Frank's uh, mistake, well, the originator's problems, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but it should be him giving her a way to replicate that type of income somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I think you're spot on with that. Um, man, it's, it's, it's really tricky because there's so many emotional arguments that are being brought up. Like I get, she's a, si- a single mother of two, but it's like, you know, this is, <sighs> it sucks that cancel culture has been brought into it because it really is just like a single person and actions have consequences or two people Correct. actions have consequences. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the big
0: problem with cancel culture is it's so fucking fickle, man. if, and I don't, I don't want to project, but it's like, I'm a human. I observe things. I see how the angry mob chooses to, to bring the pitchforks. And it's like, it's very simple to show sympathy for her because she's an adult woman who's struggling with children and is just trying to earn her way. But it, like, if this were a 20-year-old college kid who found it funny and was wearing, like, a crop top showing cleavage, I think now it's suddenly, like, less cancelable, right? And more people are just on the side of, like, own your mistake, live and learn, you're young, you'll do better, right? Yeah. More people are easy mm-hmm. to jump the line and say, like, uh, well, this just looks so inappropriate because of your appearance or whatever the case may be. And it's just, like, when it comes to rational good faith arguments, we have to be able to land on some sort of common ground that is consistent, right? And we know that uh we, we know that when it comes to gender and when it comes to like these power dynamics and all, all sorts of things, it's way too variable in nature. There's there's just no real common ground. It has to be a case-by-case basis, right? But when we come to <laughs> sheer and utter optics from the business standpoint, it's like, well there are rules, man. And like, we have to follow them. It's like, yeah, sure. We can show some grace and leniency in certain situations. And I think that this may have been one where that could have been, uh, the, the possible outcome. Nobody would have been upset if she kept her job. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. At least I don't think many people would have been upset, Yeah. but you know, you also can't like fault businesses for doing what's in their best interest.
1: Correct. Like I would be very happy if this woman was rehired in a year. But I also get right now that they can't say that, oh, she's just temporarily suspended because they need to make sure they're letting everybody know, not just the, 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 the massage therapists, but the clients, Every, all potential clients. They need to know that this isn't right and this isn't something that we can tolerate.
0: Yeah, So agreed.
1: Again, this is the company making a PR statement more so than anything. And I, I really hope that it can be flexible with The employment of this woman because yeah you don't deserve to lose your livelihood but was your livelihood lost can she go i don't know how like the industry right is right yeah can she go to another um you know group and just gain an employment again right you hope so yeah
0: you hope so and yeah i agree with you i don't know uh and again like if she got hired again tomorrow like great yeah Uh, i i i'm not trying to pick a dog in that fight i i'm not trying to to be the judge, jury, and executioner and saying, like, this is the punishment that appropriate fits the crime? Because I don't know, and it's not up to me. Like, it's the company's policy. Like, whatever it is, maybe they have zero tolerance, maybe they're lenient, I don't know, and I'm not judging one way or the other, right? The only reason we're even having this discussion is because it involved somebody who was clearly in the wrong that can't be punished and somebody who was kind of coerced in a way that... Uh, there was upside to doing something against the rules, and there was downside for breaking those rules. So it's like, you know, if, if this were... Uh, I, I don't want to keep drawing uh, what-ifs because uh, I, I think that it doesn't really carry the weight like it should, but there are a million other iterations of this scenario playing out uh, where it, it's, it's just easily laughed off. And that sucks, and that's something we have to acknowledge that exists. Um, But life isn't really that fair. We can't always come up with an equitable solution. So, you know, it kind of is what it is. Like, we landed where we land. I think we can all come to some agreement that, uh, you know, Frank was way out of line in a few situations. Uh, His apology did seem genuine and heartfelt. Um, But, you know, as far as, like, the actions that he's taking, probably not enough. Yeah. All right. All right. That was fun. Uh, all right, let's get into uh, the, what do I want to call it today? We'll call it the actual event name. The, the housewarming event. No, the, the Colossus 2.0. The oh, Down man. Bad Invitational. The Down <laughs> Bad Invitational. I like the
3: DBI, man.
0: The DBI, the,
2: the, the Down Bad Invitational. Ben. Um, <laughs> I the really- UGI? Uh, What's oh, that? The, it's the UGI. A What's good this? invitation. I mean, I thought no, it was fine. That's because
3: the tortoise made a deep run. <laughs> a deep A deep, run. deep walk. If you a deep, walk. A deep crawl, a
0: deep if you crawl. will.
3: A deep crawl. The yeah.
0: manager
2: cashed. Yeah,
0: we did it. He did it. He
2: did it. He got one bullet,
0: finished all what, I needed. So we were talking,
2: you guys were talking last week, like, oh, you got to fire multiple bullets. I'm like, I only need one. Wow, and must it got nice. base. Oh, good! A sniper. did two with seven and a half blinds. Seven Somehow. and a half blinds spun that right up. Spun it right <laughs> up.
3: It was really funny. When it we was saw all the group taken chat. away from me, real quick. The group chat was just like,
0: uh, "Knock someone
3: out with kings." <laughs> and it's like, "You had seven bigs. What do you mean you knocked yeah, someone, you out? Knock <laughs> someone out?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <You laughs> knocked someone out. Do you guys like understand? They, <laughs> like no seven bigs chips. is like average, and coming yeah, in the day no two. one had yeah. chips. Nobody had chips. The guy literally had like two and a half blinds under the gun, and he gets jacks oh and my he's god gun and he gets jacked and that's he such runs a into my
1: that's, cold. that's such a wow. sick scam yeah it's nah. crazy
3: because like sometimes when you're like playing some hands are just worth so much more based off the mm. blinds you have yeah and just somehow losing in that spot it's like i literally have the nuts what's going on right now
1: mm-hmm. like i was feeling his nips at that point yeah oh
3: no
0: <laughs> <laughs> the joke's gotta fly man the joke's
1: gotta, fly. Just gotta
3: fly
0: um all right Ugh. so uh the event i, I want to give credit where credit's due the event went off mostly without a hitch yeah there were a couple of little hiccups with color up uh there was a little bit of a problem with the room being so full that it got overly hot or excessively hot no,
4: that's not wise no, the ac broke yeah did it actually break yeah it's broken it's broken okay that's still broken it was broken for a while but okay hey, that's broken. why it's down bad yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's down bad <laughs> it's <was> down very <laughs> bad yeah it was down down for um, multiple
3: days down horrendous Bro, they were sweating at it's
4: the, still at the... down at the final table of the 25k yeah because it's it's still in paris oh you're on the right dude. they were sweating in you're the, right the i remember there. uh oh you mean it's in valleys yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah yeah like i remember uh josh came over like was talking to his friend was like it's a hundred degrees sitting up here yeah, yeah. it's just can you brutal. imagine all
4: those lights on you and no ac like that that was that one's tough yeah mm-hmm. that's how should, that's only, the champions only, are made literally like only, <laughs> only only fucking snakes survive go yeah. ahead you gotta, hey, man,
0: you gotta you gotta walk the valley of the shadow of death in order to get on these streets and, and make big money you know big money, this isn't big for money. the faint of heart no. we're, we're fucking warriors man we're no. in the arena it's, it's not
3: for the faint of heart but you might just fucking faint yeah that's fine
0: <laughs> get some smelling salts wake oh, your no. ass back Snakes up and let's get faint, the fucking time yeah. um know. i i do think you know within their control the event was ran relatively well like dacy's yeah. obviously out of control that's a bally's issue yeah um but for all intents and purposes, uh, they did a pretty great job. Uh, you know, in years past, they've been massively understaffed. It seems like they did an okay job uh, filling out the dealer positions. Uh, the bubble, for, for all purposes, was, was ran relatively well in the one I cashed in. It was Same. slow, but, I mean, there was—fuck, man. I, I want to say there was 100 tables. 110 handed tables is there. There was
4: a lot of like recount, recount, recount. Yeah, I think
0: I think we cashed, like a thousand sixty-two or something like that.
4: No, mine was like eight ninety or something. Yeah. Mine eight, was I was yeah, the big. final flight. It was the oh, biggest flight. I see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it had like just shy or just over eight thousand players, I yeah, think.
4: Yeah. So they so, do a couple of recounts and then
0: Yeah, actually yeah. it might have been twelve hundred people who cashed. It was something like very, very large. So yeah, somewhere between 100 and 120 tables um you know just a handful of tds navigating this i, I thought that they did a pretty good job a okay. uh, lot of inexperienced dealers too who also for for my experience going through a bunch of tables did great Did awesome. um so I, I i think like big success when it's all said and done um that said there were still some issues that uh i think we can highlight or should highlight more specifically. It's like, I, I don't wanna just drag them for the sake of it. I think there are a couple of issues that, that should be highlighted. Um, first and foremost, uh, let's get the rake situation out of the way. Right? It's high. It's fucking high. It's high.
4: It's really high. Yeah, rake can agree. It's very high. It's two 16%.
0: Yeah,
4: on top of the fact that it's 60%, I don't like this, like, bro, when, it's when it was 565, you knew it was 65, right? It's like transparent, you know it's 65. Whatever percent that is, definitely cheaper than this one. When it's 500, I almost feel like they're hiding it from us. It's like 500. <laughs> here's the smooth 500. Let's right. just, and then they take the 80 out. Yeah. Like, I'm i I'll, I'll happily pay the 565. More money to the prize pool. It, you know, it's 65 bucks is lower rake, but this is like 500 plus. You know, the, the 420 plus 80. It's like come on. A yeah. A lot.
0: Uh, it's definitely a lot. I I think that. Uh, Jesse, Sylvie, and I were both talking about this and think that this just kind of functions as true when you're running a 20,000-person field. It's so resource-intensive that it requires uh, a lot more labor than other days. And in order to maintain your margins, rake has to increase slightly. Now, does that justify a 5 uh, to 6% increase? Maybe no. not. Maybe this is too much. The Colossus rake was 65 on 5, so we're looking at what, like 13% there? Well, it's 500
4: plus
0: 65. Yeah, so 13%. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I think if it were 13%, we could land on kind of agreeing that that's fair, right? It's a massive, massive undertaking to run something like this. Them taking an extra point or two doesn't seem that unreasonable to me. Um, but it does start to get to the point of gouging whenever we start to crack that 15% mark, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I think that there's a debate there to be had about um, you know, the rake maybe being a little bit over the top for the buy-in structure. And uh, perhaps uh, we could push back a little bit more on it. But it's tough because I don't know the inner workings of what it takes to run a 20,000-person field. I can only estimate.
1: Yeah, right? there's a non-zero chance that the 500 plus 65 did not run well. Like yep. they needed more resources, uh, and they didn't make that much money. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think there's two distinctions we okay. have to we have to focus on: is the percentage is number one, but the actual raw number, right? And the way that I think WSB makes a lot a good amount of their money is actually the higher buy-ins when they can charge the regular percent rake, and it's a large. It number. can't be
4: because they've been pumping these small buy-ins like more and more and more often these last couple years there's has to be a reason why that is i
1: think it's a marketing push honestly it's i it's think a, they're just making a, more money like, man. i don't think they're making a ton of money off of this you're you're winning 80 dollars per head the, i i get that's a lot i get that's a lot it was 1.7 right but it also that's that's hot, that like, has yes, to it be way higher but, than
2: only oh, the main event could compete so you know, when you lot run these they, they come people come to town and they play other things they eat at the restaurants they do all like you're just bringing more people to yeah but there. they don't, care, good about good for they they don't care about that stuff okay. that's not, not, for I guess that's not for, yeah it's but good for bales, they play not the WSF. dailies now they play all the dailies they play yeah. the cash games they play right so it's just it's just like, bringing in more The dailies business. are
1: known for just wrecking people in rape. correct right yeah. and there's right. a good reason for that it's because and, you know it's such a low buy-in tournament
2: and uh, the average player it, in here is that daily player it's right? also
0: it's also like a waste of resource uh so that space could be utilized for something else Uh, it's why they cancel daily so freely um the pushback with the the high buy-ins normal rake is that uh, a lot of space is going unutilized whenever Mm -hmm. those run Mm -hmm. um but i think that this is where it gets a little bit murky because they're not paying per square foot i don't well, I, I don't know actually. I, I don't they know how they're doing it. Just the
4: convention it. space. Oh, also, but yeah, that, that, that's the thing. The 565 is 11.5 percent that rate.
0: No, it's, isn't yeah. it isn't. It 13.
4: Oh 10 percent would be 50.
2: No, you're doing 10. You're doing 65% 65% 65 percent of 500. It's 65 percent of 565. Oh, 565. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Fair. pretty. That's
4: very reasonable, I think, for an event like that.
0: Yeah. 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 Gladly that's, gladly Yeah. Pay. Obviously. I. I mean. I think 13 percent is still pretty reasonable.
4: Right. So we all gladly pay 565. It's also very upfront. But
0: we're going to continue the, the yeah, discussion. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was doing like 60, I was doing like yeah. four fifty uh, or 435 plus 65. Plus 65. Yeah. yeah. Which would have been a better structure for this one. Um, but yeah. Anyway, like basically it just all comes down to how well they're able to staff, right? So if their cost to staff increases one or 150%, then their net margins are obviously going to go down uh, on running. Now their gross revenue will go up because they're getting 20,000 people sat, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's, a, it's, it's obviously striking a balance. Um, and yes, it's great marketing. So like Brian's point is very valid. Those people stick around and play a lot of other cheaper events. The only thing is, is that they have to try to keep them in house. That's why they run a 600 on Monday. That yeah. is like
2: fucking crushed.
0: Right, of course. Five thousand people. It did way better than I I thought because <laughs> I, I would have
2: played. You like, f- you, this? you saw me in the cash out line when I busted. You said, "Hey, are you playing the 600 I'm like, "Nah, I just I'm just gonna like relax, whatever." If I knew it was five thousand people, it it was, I would have played, played it. I would have played it. I didn't
0: even mean. think, but like, it's so sharp because now those people aren't going to the Venetian. Yep. They're just mm-hmm. you know regurgitating their yeah. their losses here in the WSOP. Uh, I don't even know what the rake was on that, but I'm sure it was not low. Two hundred dollars,
3: but it was like five (laughs) hundred
4: plus
0: one hundred. No, but it was probably like sixty plus forty, or or, sorry, uh, five forty plus sixty.
4: All right, Uh, this is how I look at it. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure gonna miss miss some points, but they have they staff based on their tables, right? We were having this conversation yesterday, so they have max capacity tables, and then they so they know exactly how many dealers they need for the entire day. They don't care if there's more compa- like more people because that's just more more revenue for them because let's say there's call it 4,000 total players they seat them all in these tables so each chair is worth $80 for them right because that's the rake they get on average with the colossus it was 2.5 rebuys per person yep. remember that right so we ended up what was what was the number that that was yesterday 200 bucks so 200 bucks per person per chair is what they're worth. Yep. So they just staff that they just land on a formula of $200 per chair and they staff accordingly, right? Based on how many tables they have. And, but lowering the amount of tables for them is actually not good because all they have to do is like how the only thing that has a fixed cost is the dealers because the floor, they could just say this floor can manage this many tables and they, they staff floors based on that but one floor managing one table costs them the same as one floor managing 40 tables.
0: Yeah, that's true, but there's a critical mass to that. Uh, one floor can't manage 100 tables, so now you right. have to implement more floor.
4: Right, so the, the, all but, they But Atlanta... there's a, there's a
0: finite amount of employees, so they only have X amount of floor. So now in order to staff this, they either have to incentivize the floor to work overtime by paying them more, or they have to go out and hire more floor people correct and all they do is say they land on how many tables but the latter have. isn't feasible because one? it's a one-off event so you can't just hire i mean you could i guess but like it's unlikely that they're staffing and then reducing after the event right so now you have all of this excess staff that you paid a, co- uh, an
4: extra cost to no that definitely they just hire contract work right one Who? one event who yeah Yeah, who not not for floors
0: they're all they're
1: all here already you know
0: right that's what i mean there's a massive staff issue they would have had more tables and reduced the lines if they could have had more staff it's not like they lack space no
4: they do at some point they run out of space but they haven't that's the point they ran out of dealers so you you think they ran out of dealers not not space
0: i know for a fact there were dealers working like 18 hour shifts or 15 Mm -hmm. hour shifts Yeah. yeah, There are plenty pulling yeah. doubles. It's because sure.
4: there aren't dealers to replace
0: them. Which well, is insane, it's a dealer issue,
4: not, uh, not the yes. table. Yes, yes.
1: Okay. It's probably both, honestly.
0: Yeah, it could be both. I mean, maybe they're maximizing their space, but I doubt it. Like, they got creative whenever they were at the Rio. They started to put people in fucking bowling alleys. But yeah. that's because there was a massive amount of dealers available at that point in time. Yeah um it's wild dude you know, day. That that's the thing that that's the big thing but that that's, that's i'm, I'm saying, saying about scaling stuff like this is it's not as simple as just increasing production because there's a finite number of
4: of of man like brick and mortar is different right but they, would make, they would make more money if they just had more i don't think they'll I, make more I don't gross. Think they would right if if they wanted to make you're saying they'll make more gross so, but their margins are going down is what you're saying correct if they have to pay more, if the
0: cost increases for the staffing, then the margins will naturally go down. But their gross income will go up, of course. They're getting more people through the door. That that naturally increase increases the gross. It's just their net revenue, or, or sorry, their net margins, would slightly decrease on a $500 buy-in. And so they say, we want our net margins to stay the same, so we're going to jack up the rate.
1: Also, they have to be careful of burnout rate. It happens so often during the series where... If they stress their dealers like this, like if we have one of these tournaments, every single...
0: Every year they lose 50% by week three. Yeah. They lose half their staff Basically by week it's three So many yesterday.
1: It's yeah. so taxing on all these these dealers. It's, yeah. it's the, wild. Yeah. This isn't just dealers, dealers either, right? She's
2: like, I was here last night at you know at 2 a.m. or whatever it was, and she's like, and now I'm here. Who knows? I mean, the tournament started at 10. She probably got right. there like like that's, that's the big thing. Or so this least. tournament's
0: running from 10 till Fairly. 2. So that's an additional five hours... Of of staffing that you otherwise don't have to pay for in a normal event. Mm-hmm. That's a cost. That's an mm-hmm. increase in cost, yeah. right? It's a significant increase in cost too, because it's being extrapolated out over hundreds and hundreds of tables, not three or four. You're not asking three or four dealers to stay. You're asking hundreds of dealers to stay, yeah, for additional hours. That's a cost. Clearly, the net margin is going down unless you up the rake. Mm-hmm. And that's why the rake goes up. Yeah, I mean, it seems logical to me. I, I I very well could be overlooking something that that simply could be true. I'm mm-hmm. open to that. They, but, they
1: could be taking a lot more, but these guys are definitely working a lot more. Maybe more goes to the dealers. I have no freaking clue. Yeah, but- I don't know
0: how they compensate. I, I don't know how any of the inner work is. Anyway, we're getting distracted. The, yeah. the whole point is, like the rake is obviously very high. Whether it's justified or not, debatable. Um, what I want to poke holes in is this notion that... No other tournament that has ever ran has taken first, second, and third place money as rake
4: and sixth at sixth. Whatever it doesn't second, matter. It doesn't mean sixth. anything. I'm just saying. I'm just saying what the
0: argument actually is. Okay, but it's not even an argument because no other tournament only pays eight percent to first place. Yeah, and only pays four and a half percent to second. Right. Yeah. The standard is going to be like ten percent is going to be roughly second place money. So of course, every single event that you play that has a normal field size is going to rake somewhere between first and second place money. There's no positive correlation whatsoever between the prize pool, or, or sorry, the payout structure and the rake. Right. It's just meaningless because the, the payout structure is based off of a percentage of the prize pool. And how that percentage is manufactured is up to the tournament director. If this were instead a Satellite, where they were paying 1,600 5K seats, the rake would now be first through 32nd place or 32X first place. Hmm. Is that a reasonable comparison? Of course not. So it's, 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 a very, uh, it's a very bad faith argument that gets thrown around a lot. It got thrown around a lot whenever the first Colossus happened where people were like, oh, you're raking more than first place money. It's like, yeah, but we're only paying 6% of the prize pool to first place yeah. so of course we are
3: do we know how the rake breakdown looks like where that money goes or we just have no idea
0: no i mean yeah it's it's public somewhere but i i like sure it goes it.
3: to like dealers and other things like four and a half
0: percent goes to staff uh right. whatever ten and a half percent goes to the house yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, it's not it's it's not super important from our standpoint because we're just paying it right but it's probably important to the people that we want to support, I suppose. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, now for the payouts. Uh, why am I backtracking? I initially was very upset to see 8% payout the first. Like, really annoyed, especially after the first debacle where this happened with the Colossus. And I didn't want to hear any more bullshit about the golden fucking rule or the golden what, whatever. What Not is
2: the that? Golden ratio. Way, like... It's
4: the way Jack Huffle um it's a secret formula, and he got it from his professor from university
3: Mm, i see i was just asking for the people the the the, the, reason
4: why is the reason why it came about was because before jamie at during jamie gold's year yeah they literally were doing the payouts on the fly on a fucking napkin Mm. and then they were like well we can't do this anymore and then (laughs) he went to his professor from university i I forget which university it was and, and and was like hey i need i need help with this they came up with the formula and now we have this golden rule formula. and they've
3: used that formula for
4: since since the jamie gold after for the X Jamie gold amount of year. years
0: okay okay and look and for what it's worth like it works mostly most models work until you stress test them a twenty thousand entry field is going to stress test the model
2: yeah and it fails especially when it's four four different days and all getting paid differently right So here's the thing. When you run a 20,000
0: person field like this at a small buying event, what you as an operator ultimately want is to spread the money out as uniformly as you possibly can. If it were up to you, you would give 25% of the field money and you would ensure that nobody (laughs) made more than like 1% of the prize pool because it's just in your best interest for all of your customers to, to... uh, get some sort of return. Mm-hmm. However, the industry won't accept that. People will stop showing up if you're only paying first place 1% of the prize pool, right? If first place was uh, in, in, instead of 700K, 80K, we, we're not doing it, man. I'm not suffering through 15-hour days for <laughs> for this, right? Like, nobody wants that. So we have to make the the, the risk-reward uh, beneficial to those who, who grind this out, right? So the golden ratio uh, model that Jack uses is fundamentally sound. It works really well for most events. 5,000 people or fewer. I would say Like it probably starts to get stress test around there. Uh, I don't know how much adjusting to it they do for the main event, but the main event payouts are usually okay. To be fair, I never run deep enough to care, so I don't really overly scrutinize it. I probably will more so in the future, especially after doing a little bit of modeling for this event. Uh, but if we take a look at what the actual payouts are, Guapo, if you want to pull out uh pull up the actual payout structure this is what the top 26 looks like um in in the current structure as it is
4: and this this Berkey you know just before you get into your points was what I know there was a lot of discussion on like should like you know two five grinders be taking a shot at this and you know as like their come up story when I saw the payouts like I was I was on your side and then when I saw the payouts I was like, man, maybe not. Because 14th was like 34,000. I'm like, I just can't in good faith tell the like couple of these grinders like, yeah man, this is your shot. You know, like sign up, pay 16% in rake or whatever and like finish 14th for the run of your life and get 34,000. And that made me feel a little bit different than than like the take that you had initially
0: yeah i mean my initial take was basically saying you should put yourself in positions to get lucky mm-hmm. and have a big influx of capital so right. that you can then increase your bottom line down the fu- or, or in the future right right i agree with you if if finishing in the top i mean getting getting 17th in this is the equivalent of finishing in the top point is it 0.1% or 0.01%? 0.01, Actually, I can just look at it wild shit. right in front of me. So it's 0.02% of yeah. the field. Uh, and you're being compensated 30000
4: Yeah.
0: Don't get me wrong, that's good. But it just needs to be better for, right. for making those deep, deep heroic runs.
2: Yeah, I think when you made that tweet, you thought there would be a lot more... Six-figure payouts. Yes. A lot more six-figure, a lot more You know, high five-figure payouts.
0: Yeah. And to be fair, like I, I probably over... Or, or sorry, I, I probably didn't put enough thought into what that would take. Because in my head, it was just like, okay, this is going to be a million, million two to first, something like that. Yeah. And the payouts will scale accordingly. Right. right. Yeah.
4: You're thinking there's a lot of 100Ks. Right. Right. And... And 30. the thing yeah, of it you're is, thinking like is, top three tables are right, thinking there's a lot of 50 Right And yeah, the right.
0: thing is is, that's true. If this were 1.2 million to first, ninth place would be like somewhere between 100 and 120K. Right. But it would be a very uh, top-heavy structure where the final table is being compensated, and now you would see an insane flat line from like one percent of the field cashing all the way up to 15 yeah. percent. And I think that that's OK but I don't think it's in the best interest of the WSOP. So I'm trying to offer a compromise here. Uh, so if we take a quick look at, at their actual payouts, sorry, the red one uh, the red one, one more time. Uh, so if we take a look at their actual payouts, what we can see is uh, I have this broken down in through a few categories. Number one, the actual prize money. Uh, I converted that to buy-ins because I think that that's a pretty good metric for people to judge whenever they're looking at... Uh, you know, what what the potential reward is. Uh, Because you want to think in terms of future bankroll, right? Like, you know, if you win this thing, you are now, no matter what, rolled for $500 buy-ins forever. Yeah. Um, 1,400 of them. Right. (laughs) And then the next two columns are uh, the the jump between the payouts. So when you look at the number buy-in jump, uh, it's 535 buy-in jump between second and first. You don't need to know much to know that that's huge, but I converted that to a percentage. It's a 61, almost 62% jump from second to first. Yeah. That's astronomical. You're asking people to play a heads-up match for $300,000 or 535 buy-ins whenever it's very likely that their bankroll is sub $100,000. Yeah. So you're asking them to take on risk that is... Way, way, way beyond reasonable. And you're effectively incentivizing a CHOP, which WSOP does not allow and does not facilitate. So this is all very problematic. Like if you're going to have these hard, fast rules, then we absolutely have to change the structure. Uh, If you want to pull up now my proposed... Alteration to this.
3: I like how it's green. I know one was red and one was red. like, yeah, "This was, is bad." He's this like, is "This is, is the down bad chaos." This is <laughs> the green. I want to
2: visualize that. Yeah. You think I don't know what I'm doing?
3: <laughs> oh, I knew what
2: you were doing. I'm we, a rookie knew, of this we knew shit. what you were we doing. We just appreciated it. We like yeah, the green. Exactly. Just pointing it out. That's all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Throw it back up.
0: Uh, guapa, While this up, is up, if there's any way that we can uh, get to a screen to put these together, that would be great. I don't. Oof. I might be asking too much of you, oh, though. Damn. Um, but just wanted to throw it out there. Anyway. Comparatively speaking now, when we start to look at these payout jumps, you can see how much i flattened the final table. Really, the final three tables. So there's now no jump greater than 33% at the final table. And ninth place is now making six figures. So it's a significant increase to all the places. You're now being heavily compensated for making a deep unicorn run. And final tabling this thing. And that's ultimately what all operators should want to uh, achieve in this particular situation, right? Right. You don't want to make one person happy. And that's why I'm walking back the idea that it should be 1.2 or a million to first. I'm on the side. Let's pay 8%. That's fine. But what (laughs) we want to do now is make a collection of people do much better for themselves, so getting ninth place now is the equivalent of 220 buy-ins. That's a lot, right? And if you see, there's only two major jumps or inflection points that I programmed in here. And it's on the bubble of the final table where it's a very big jump from 10th to 9th. It's a 50% uh, pay hike there. And then on the bubble of uh, three tables. So 27th to 26th now is a big hike. It's a, uh, it's a 45% jump. Um,
1: I like that a lot.
0: Or sorry, sorry, sorry. The, the bubble of two tables. So 18th to 17th is a 45% jump. And that makes sense. It's a major inflection point. You, th- this is where the, these bubbles, these soft bubbles that exist are where ICM is most pertinent. Yeah. But when we're dealing with an amateurish field where we want to compensate people the best that we possibly can, we want to make it as flat as humanly possible. And we want to remove ICM as much as we possibly can Whenever we have the opportunity to, we want to reward a lot of people for making, again, unicorn
2: runs, right? And these pay, these, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, the pay jumps from like, you know, at the final table are still very meaningful. Correct. Every single one of them is is still very, right? If you're, like you said, if you're sub uh, six figure bankroll, every one of those pay jumps puts you into like another bracket of playing ninth to eighth, you make
0: 28K, eighth to seventh, you're making 20, uh, 30,000, give or take, or sorry, 34,000.
1: I don't think people can really read that. Yeah. Like, fi- yeah. like
2: fifth to fourth. I mean, it's, it's 80K jump. That's huge.
0: Yeah, the, the, these are all very meaningful, right? right. So uh, the idea is to really flatten this. And yeah, it's going to take a little bit of tweaking, but this this literally took me, li- I'm not exaggerating. This, this took me taking uh, the payout listed on WSOP.com putting it into a spreadsheet, which was simply copying and pasting. So take the golden ratio, spit out the output, put it into a spreadsheet, and then convert it to percentages. Took me five minutes tops. From there, just understanding how we wanna level this off and reduce the the increase, another five minutes tops. Find the solution. This is an influx of $600,000 to the final two tables. So we're, I'm literally asking for uh, like a, a six, 6% increase to the, to the top places, right? So this is literally just taking the money that we're complaining isn't being paid to first and second and spreading it out between first and 17th or first and 18th, whatever, yeah. right?
3: It's not like it took you five hours of... to kind of figure this out. Right,
0: and you could say like, oh, well, where's the money coming from? That's gonna be so hard to figure out. No, it's not. No, it's not because the easiest fixed in these massive fields, and I suggested this in the past, and it's insane that it's not being implemented, is you pay out the bottom 5% when you're paying a 15% field, a flat rate. You pay them $800, right? Compared to the actual payouts now, there's a multitude of jumps that took place Mm -hmm. between uh, 3,000 and 2,000 which is insane. So so just from that little subsection alone, we recoup like 200K by paying them a flat 800. Mm -hmm. Then the next pay jump, you pay flat again. So between 10% and 7.5% of the field, you pay them uh, like a flat 1150 or 1200, something like that. Yeah. We recoup another like 300,000 there, 250,000 there. I'm not even going to lie, just from like a gameplay
3: perspective, There are people that will tank for these pay jumps when they get there too. So you just remove that altogether at the Mm bottom 5%. Not only
0: that, there was no tanking to be done, Landon. You wanna know why? Those payouts weren't even fucking lab- or listed yet whenever you were getting paid them.
3: Right. Wow. I heard that like no one knew what the payouts were until it was like 1% of we the didn't... field left. Wow. Well, I didn't know. That's when I crazy. busted,
2: I busted. So DePaulo, I think he tweeted at you he and said, said something about it. He finished 300th and it was like the, the mystery bounty You right. just didn't yeah, know. Yeah, no right. You That's didn't know true. what you were going to do. I thought know, again,
1: people I, were covering how much they were making. No. I literally, phone. no.
2: I, I got <laughs> 315th place. No brag. Good run. But, yeah, 315th place. Good crawl. But, I, I had no idea. I was like, did I cash for 2500 Did I cash <laughs> did for $4,500? I, I stood in the line for a half hour to get paid out just out of curiosity. Right. So, so, the- <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to stand this line because I want to know what I'm getting paid. Right. So the whole
0: point right. to that is that you can't make the argument that people will be upset if they don't ladder. You can't make the argument that ladders matter right. from, a, from a gaming or strategic standpoint because the fact of the matter is all the ladders were a fucking mystery. They were non-existent
2: as far as people are concerned. I still
0: don't know what I made.
2: They, on, day, on day one, they weren't a mystery. They, they posted it. So you could see that, like, oh, okay, well, I cash. When you cash, it's 800 But if I get to, you know, if I cut this field in half, I'm going to make another 300 bucks. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, like yeah. on day two? But they were so... On day two, there was not, was, we were in that. Right, dock. and those
0: ladders were so insignificant. Right. Right? It's like, if it were just flat, if it were, if you bust on day one... You are only going to make eight hundred or eleven hundred dollars. There will be two page or, or two payouts mm-hmm. at this level, and only a select few of you will make eleven hundred. We recoup that six hundred immediately. Flattening the bottom is so smart yeah. because the difference between giving somebody a buy-in and a half back versus two buy-ins. Or two buy-ins versus two point two five buy-ins yeah. is utterly and you, fucking meaningless to them. And you eliminate
2: them. all those pauses that they have to you have. You eliminate all into, the pauses. Like there was, I don't know how many. Like there was like at least like three 15 fifteen-minute pauses where we they had to sort it out, see who finished where, People so they can pay. Be or busting, too fast. busting yeah. too fast. Of course, and and you in can't stop it. Massive field like that in a turbo, everybody has five for sub blinds, and they're holding on for the bubble and they all bust at the same time. Right, And then it's just chaos. Right. And you just eliminate with that, with your yeah. proposal. It's like,
3: we need to know who finished in this place right before the next pay jump where it's like, bro, like it's $50, come mm-hmm. on, like, let's get the show on the road, stop wasting everybody's time.
0: Yep. Right, and also just uh, logistically speaking, there's no upside for the house to create this chaos. It's only downside. Of course. So it's just stubbornness. To implement it this way,
2: I believe you brought this up years, <laughs> so ago. years ago. Years right. ago, yes, literally years every ago. Every single mass
0: field multi-day event, especially ones that it, potentially cash on day one, it was the
2: first colossus. Rats of the first colossus. You were like, "Here, here's how you eliminate this problem." Right. And there's, yeah. it's a simple
0: solution. And again, it's just stubbornness on on the the behalf of brass because there's nothing incentivizing this. Mm-hmm. It's only this notion of hanging on. That people give so much of a shit when they min cash of whether or not it's 1.75 buy ins, two buy ins, or 2.25 buy ins. They just don't. But you know what people do care about? When they finish 18th place and only get $12,000 instead of (laughs) $20,000. Right? Or only get $28,000 instead of $40,000. Make it more meaningful up top. Keep it flat where it's irrelevant and then keep it flat where it's most relevant. If we just flatten out the top 18 places and flatten out the bottom 7.5% of payouts, we end up with a really fucking healthy solution mm-hmm. where we're not overpaying anybody for getting lucky and we're not, we're not like uh, shorting anybody who came up just short. Because somebody has to finish in those positions and it's a big fucking time investment to go through five, six, seven days to potentially finish 50th and only make like eight buy-ins, which is roughly where you, where you land in the main event. Yeah. I think you make like like, 11 buy-ins now or 12 buy-ins for 50th. When I got 43rd, I made 210 buy-ins.
1: Holy shit.
0: That's so much better. And what happened? They maybe took a million total off of the top. No, you got Who twenty twenty millions. Or, or yeah, yeah. Sorry, and sorry. My Twenty-one millions. Two hundred. My apologies. Two hundred. I
3: mean, but, like, but, but still, so, yeah. you so understand, what understand what I'm saying, right? right. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. We're like you take it from the bottom, and then everyone's always in like that small little min cash section, anyways, and just kind of clean it up a little bit. Like it yeah. doesn't
0: take very long to clean it up, right? And it's like now we we see these payouts being so much smaller whenever you're inside a hundred players in the World Series or in the main event because they're paying fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're it, it, that fifteen percent doesn't have to be significant, man. Pay fifteen thousand to that entire five percent that bust. Yeah. yeah. No
2: one is going to be upset right. about that. And like it's the middle the kind of where I finished was fine. Like I got, I got 3,600, which is reasonable. I think yeah. for where I finished. I, I agree. That was I, all, that was all the, the middle. If part you notice, I didn't change
0: much of the middle, no, right, Because right. I think it's quite reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my piece. Anybody have anything to add? <laughs> no. It it sort of the fucking...
1: only thing I'd push back on is the whole, you know, it doesn't take that much long, that long. They, they, they can't obviously implement that right now. Um, even next year, if they were to just plug it into Excel there's, and do it. There,
4: no, there's going to be more... Of these tournaments, yeah. there's the seven seven seven. I'll do there's... the fucking payouts. It, it will literally take me twenty minutes. Send me there's... the golden
0: ratio, and I will convert it. <laughs> How much? We know, we know is what the golden, golden ratio. That, that's, that's the, no, the,
3: the golden ratio is the Fibonacci thing. The golden rule is the Jack Apple thing.
0: <laughs> no, the golden rule is do unto others as you would have done unto was, yourself. I thought that's
1: what Jack Apple called it.
0: No, he called it the golden ratio. <laughs> the golden
1: ratio. <laughs> the golden ratio is the is the one point six to one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
0: uh, yes, I understand. I just said
1: you didn't. We we okay. Okay, we don't have to go off. <laughs> <laughs> this is a goddamn
0: room. Next, I'm golden. not the one who named it. I know Vin- what the yo, true golden ratio is. What did the
3: <laughs> payouts to look like? Okay, okay, oh, no, no.
1: Okay, what were you saying? You guys are genius.
0: I don't remember. I don't remember either. Oh, basically, just like you know, there's there's time to tweak these payouts between uh, um, the bubble
4: and the next day. Oh, there's. And just now, like, there's going to be more high, like, low buy-in, high number fields. The seven, 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 the Colossus is still coming. Like, all these like small buy-in fields are, on weekends are all gonna have these massive fields with uh, less less players, but still huge fields.
0: They don't yeah. need to be
1: like gaming regular. No, they don't. Never mind. What am I talking about?
0: I, don't I mean, know. here's I'm- the thing. Like, this is very easy to reverse engineer, right? uh I, Again, I don't know what the golden ratio or the golden yeah the golden ratio payout <laughs> structure looks like. Sure. But I know that like whatever the algorithm is for it, you could easily correct for one of the variables to in, uh to 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 make sure that at the final table or the final two tables there's no jump greater than call it thirty three percent. Sure. W- yeah.
3: What if we just got our own professor to make a payout structure and see? how different it looks from the WSOP one.
0: I, I don't think there's... A I, I, I could do this. I could write something like this, but I don't Professor. want to spend the time I, I or energy you, unless I'm being paid for it. For
1: Run It Up Reno, we actually built our own UI and everything for... Yeah, it's
0: not, it's not challenging. Right. You know, it's 2022. Like, everything's yeah. algorithmic. Well, that's what I was getting at. Like, this was made
3: a long time ago. Yeah. So it's just probably updates to that can and should be made. Oh,
0: DaVinci
4: lives, dude. Yo, I want DaVinci panel
0: structure. There's a 6K, or there's a, there's a 1,506 max that is off and popping. I got to get my ass down there. I, I can't do any more of this. No more DaVinci Uh code. I enjoyed today's so conversation. Tomorrow we're talking about the win. What's happening at the win?
4: I mean, they, bought, they threw a 15 mil out there. Oh, fuck.
0: I was supposed to lead with that. I totally forgot. We will, get, we will discuss that <laughs> Let's tomorrow. Let's leave it tomorrow. Uh, Thank you guys so much for watching. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment below if you guys enjoyed this episode. Give us your feedback. What do you think should happen to Frank? What do you think should happen with the massage therapist? What do you think of these payout structures for these large field small buying events? We're happy to hear from all of you. Uh, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. We appreciate your feedback. We'll see you same time tomorrow, unless I'm on day two, in which case these guys will take care of you. Happy birthday, Mom.
1: mom.